0: Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with other beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, as I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other, it can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, David Gaylord. He is the co-founder and CEO of Bushbum, a bikini line skincare brand that first began as a side hustle born out of a business competition for Shopify employees. David joined Shopify in 2015, where he worked for nearly eight years, learning more about e-commerce, digital marketing, and what it took to run a business operationally. There he met his future co-founder, Tim Burns, who had just returned from his honeymoon when he came to David with an unusual business idea. What if beard oil could be used for more than just facial hair? Although it sprung from a funny honeymoon story, David saw its potential and Bushbaum was born. Fast forward today, where the brand has been featured on Dragon's Den, is a 40-40 to 40 lister in the Ottawa Business Journal, and Bushbaum has grown into an eight-figure brand. I'm so excited to dive into David's story, from working in his family business to creating a company of his own alongside a full-time job, which I can tell you from personal experience is not easy. So David, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So I asked all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who, in a nutshell... Is David?
1: I was thinking about this question, and it's uh, it's always hard to, to answer. Um, I would say I'm a very small town guy, um, that's kind of my upbringing. But at the same time, I've just always been like fiercely competitive, very very into ideas, and I, I think that's why I've just been fascinated with the beauty industry. There's just so much to it. But yeah, I, I think just small town, come from an entrepreneurial family, and um, kind of running a business has been something I've always wanted to do. I just never knew when I would.
0: So I kind of want to start a bit before, like, um, I was really curious about your your Shopify days and sort of how you got into that all. So what was your, like, kind of story into getting that first, uh, I don't know if it was your, not your first role, but your first main corporate experience over those years. How did you land that job?
1: Yeah, so I, I grew up, my uh, family business, they uh, manufacture and sell, like, really nice high end hardwood flooring. So when I was 12, I was kind of doing that. And every year I went from having the worst job in the family business to like maybe the second worst, third worst. And all of a sudden I was actually uh, going to university. So university, I did uh, marketing. And uh, at the time it was uh, what year, 2016 or actually, sorry, 2011. And my dad asked me if I could do an e-commerce website for them to sell hardwood flooring online. And at the time, no one was doing that. And I looked at all the, you know, softwares. I found uh, Shopify and a few others, and uh, the only reason we t- chose Shopify is because it was from Canada. Um, so we said, "This one seems like it's Canadian, local. We may as well pick it." And uh, good decision we did. So yeah, I built them two different websites over the time of university, and then when I was graduating university, I had the choice go work for the family business um, or I got offered this job at Shopify. So I ended up taking the Shopify job and. Uh, my dad was a little uh, disappointed, I would say, um, but it, it worked out kind of for all of us.
0: I mean, amazing. I mean, and you had an amazing variety of different roles in Shopify, which I think is so great because you got to learn a lot of different sides of the business. Um, what did you find like out of all those eight years was the thing that found, I guess, got you the most excited and probably you learned the most in?
1: Yeah. So right out of school, I was so junior, right? I was just a kid and that first job I had was customer service at Shopify. So if you want to learn yeah. about Shopify, like that was the best job ever. I, I was very technical. I understood the back end, like how things work. Um, and then I, I moved into a recruiting role. So I thought I'm good with people. It's great. And that role was just really hard. And you're constantly like talking to people, judging people. Like it, it was a, a role I realized I didn't want to do. Um, and then I actually, yeah. I think I got lucky in my career is I ended up working for a gentleman named Toby Shannon, who he ran all the sales and support, and then he became the COO. So I, I became his kind of right hand uh, as he was the COO. And uh, that was yeah. just an incredible experience. I learned like how the company runs, how leadership runs, how to structure orgs and like grow, grow a company really, really quickly. Um, but yeah. none of that really helped me. In beauty and skincare and e-commerce, a lot of it was corporate experience, which was amazing, um, and Bushbaum was really my outlet for the marketing that I went to school for, and I, I love marketing. I just didn't really get to do it at Shopify, sadly, um, other than a little bit of internal marketing here and there.
0: Yeah, no I mean that, that, that's the thing now having a brand you get to do pretty much everything you couldn't necessarily cover when you're in a corporate world because of structures and stuff, but being the founder and you know see I think it helps definitely. Learn the most from a company, so uh, now I want to talk about bushbaum because I think it 's just incredible what you 've built um, in such a short time so let's let 's start that perfect egg seed moment where bomb was created, like, was it during your Shopify days that you had this idea? Um, well, it was during the Shopify days because you were doing both at the same time. But like, when exactly was it that you were like, oh, I'm going to create a brand?
1: Yeah. So I, I actually had a few different business ideas before um, before bomb and we were kind of going through them and they, none of them were really great ideas. Um, yeah. But yeah Tim, Tim and Mel, my uh, co-founders, they um, were on their honeymoon and Tim uses beard oil down there to freshen up. And Tim and Mel are just funky and fun. And they basically said, I wonder if there's anything down there for freshening up. And then they thought, okay, guys might use baby powder. And they kind of found a few things, but it just seemed like nothing existed. Um, and actually, the yeah. story is Tim on a coach bus at a work event. There was 50 of us on the bus. The bus was packed. We were driving somewhere. And Tim said the whole business idea. He said, the name's Bush Bomb. Mel and I are doing it. This is what it's called. Here's what we're going to sell. And everyone was laughing and thought it was, like, hilarious because this was 2016 at the time. 16, um, and I, yeah. I, said, I said, I'm said, i in. Like, that sounds awesome. Like, let's do it. And the original idea was for freshening up. Um, and we thought it would be unisex and everyone would use it. But as we grew the brand, we realized that people did want to freshen up. But people cared more about problem solution. So ingrown hairs and especially post-waxing became, like, our number mm. one uh, target and we, we, that's really why we, we expanded in
0: those early days. That's so cool. So you launched first. I'm sure like DTC was your first um, launch channel and, and, and getting to customers. So um, goes without saying, obviously, you went on Shopify, right, as a platform?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we, we started and uh, Shopify had a competition, right, to start a business. Yeah. And at the time, I was still quite young and uh, we, we took advantage of it. We actually lost the competition quite badly. I don't oh. think we had a single sale. No um but long term I think we've maybe won. Um but yeah, in, in that early days, it took us about three years to get product market fit, is what I would call it. Um and then once we found that we started to scale, and that was when we got on to, to Dragon's Den, so Canada's shark tank for, for anyone in the US. Um and that was a big moment for us to expand the brand and it was all D2C to start and all Shopify. Um and then we mm-hmm. we accidentally kind of fell into the uh, professional channel. So professional estheticians, um, they started to hear about us. They started to organically kind of buy and reach out. Um, so those were our, our early days. We started very big on D to C And then uh, over the years we've, we've grown actually a lot more on uh, the
0: professional side. Yeah. how oh, amazing. And did you, what was it your hero launch skew that you kind of saw as like the main product that you guys focused on at the beginning? Yeah. So
1: we, we started with three different oils. Um, and we had a very small skew count. Um, and at the time, um, like aromas uh, were probably frowned upon and taboo a bit. Everyone was kind of going with like unscented. Um, so we were a bit ahead of probably the trends at the time. So we, we had one product that was an unscented uh, product for ingrown hair and post-wax. And that product did extremely well. And it drove like almost all of the sales. Um, and then quickly after, we actually uh, we went into the pandemic and um, trimmers were kind of trending all over the place and people were cutting their own hair and um we actually launched our trimmer the francesca right at that time and then at the exact same time uh manscaped on the men's side was really growing um so that trimmer did like really really well for us and it continues to do well um seems like a small demo but um, people are kind of transitioning and then another product we launched is our uh, bermuda dark spot oil so a lot of folks get uh hyperpigmentation or like scarring from ingrown hairs on their bikini line. And and they're very self-conscious about it. It's very frustrating. And that product um, of all products was the, it's the first time we've ever gone viral. And the first time I was like shocked by it. Um, So that, that was really the the core that has done so well. And then we've added a few more products uh, since then that have taken up more space on the, on the shelf. But otherwise, yeah, that was the, the core that got us through that
0: crazy pandemic time. So, so, I mean, it's amazing what you've built and, and also how still today, I, I haven't seen many brands. I mean, some brands have like some skews that cater to, you know, your guys's core de- demographic and concerns, but generally speaking, I haven't seen a brand out there. That's why I was so excited to speak to you. I was like, it, you know, I've done 300 episodes and there's a lot of crossover brands. Right. But I was like, Bush Bomb is something that is so obviously needed, but then like No one is really doing it that well, or maybe they're doing it, but not that well. Um, So yeah, you guys are smashing it. But you talked about Shelf, and I want to talk a bit about that, like uh, today's current distribution. I know you're in Ulta, which is huge, so congrats. But yeah, what was your distribution cadence like, and where are you currently at today?
1: Yeah, so obviously e-commerce started it, and then the professional channel, I grew quickly. Um, And then for for us as a brand, I was getting a lot of advice and I I don't come from beauty. So I honestly, at the start, I had no idea even what retailers made sense or where we'd fit. Um, And over time we got some advice and one piece of advice that was interesting was don't don't rush into too many retailers because it'll be really hard to manage. And all of a sudden Mm it will be spread out too thin, blah, 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 all that. So we use Canada where we're from as our test ground. So we launched with Indigo, which is a great retailer, but they're very small. Um, and it was our first taste of EDI. So it, we learned EDI and it really, really helped us. Um, but in the US, we said, we're not going into any retailers until we land one of the bigger ones, one of the ones we really want. Um, and that that was all the beauty. So the current mix right now is obviously e-commerce. Um, we're in about uh, over 2000 waxing salons across the United States and Canada. So that's actually a, a huge distribution point for us. And they move yeah. massive amounts of product, and then we're in about a thousand Alta stores. Um, and in Alta, we're in the shaving section, so it's all the razors. And I, I think um, there's this new category emerging that we're we're calling bikini line skincare. Um, and yes. I say it's like wherever there's a razor, like there really should be skincare connected to it. Um, so yeah, you grab your yeah. razor, you grab your Bush bomb, and you you move on. Um, so yeah, that's that's the current landscape, and uh, the Alta launch was was this March. And it's been such yep. a fun experience, and uh, just so exciting for everyone at the company right now.
0: That's I mean, so 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 cool. I mean, do you find like today with going into such a huge retailer with a thousand doors, and you know, the amount of uh, team, and and sometimes you know, and amp spend and budget, it, it can be a lot. And a lot of people perhaps don't know it till they're in it because that's like the dream. And then when they got it, they're like, "Oh, I got to be productive. I got to stay on shelves. I got to." What What are some tips you would? Give to people thinking or starting into these major retailers because that gap is it's big, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's really big, um, and we're we're experiencing it right now. Um, so we're we're actually sold out at Alta for a couple of SKUs on I think like 400 shelves right now. So we've we've done a really good job with sell through, and in that initial launch period, if your inventory isn't spot on, it's very very challenging. Um, so what I, the advice I would give, I suppose, is like don't go too, don't spread yourself too thin. And right now that's the part that's that's making it more difficult to focus on Alta As we do have other retailers that have needs and they're asking for things. But in, in the end, like Alta really is the one that we're focused on. Um, so if you're distracted by too much stuff or, or even launching too many products, it's really, really hard. So I, w- I would stay focused and, and stay in your kind of lane. And then the other piece too is um, – Every retailer has amazing systems, amazing data, but it's also still on you to like build your own assumptions and build your own forecasts and really challenge their assumptions. Um, So we're going through that now of, okay, what is the inventory requirement? And if we do something in marketing, how much can we actually move product? So it's this kind of balancing act. Um, And then the last thing that took us about a year to do was uh, redoing or thinking deeply about your packaging. Um, and and what it says for the brand, and doing research behind it, um, and also uh, shelf displays. So we, we actually have a really beautiful shelf display at Alta, and it took us months and months and months of debates, research to actually figure out what we should put on it. Um, and so far, with sell through, like we, we really attribute a lot of it to the the packaging, but also the the display.
0: That, yeah, exactly. And that, that's a big big important factor is like how are you storytelling in a very crowded space of different brands and especially if you're in a specific area where you have a lot of different um similar brands i don't, I don't like competitive brands i don't like that word but you know what i mean like similar brands to you how do you storytell in in a short way because people sometimes see it for two seconds and then they walk away um so in terms of like i know you you have a core range of products and we spoke about a bit about it you also have the professional line uh I know you, what, what is the professional line, uh, the wholesale account really, um, it's purpose for it and, and how is it performing today?
1: Yeah. So how we see the business is our Bush bomb. You could look at us and say, okay, you, you could expand to body. You could expand like the range to all kinds of things. Um, shaving would be a great example, but what, what we're trying to do is stay very narrow and bikini line skincare is what we're calling it. So How that looks is our goal is every waxing salon we want them to just naturally say oh we carry bush bomb like of course everyone carries bush bomb it's like the de facto um so we we really want to get known for bikini line like that's what we want people to hear the name bush bomb and understand it um so for us we've got the core assortment which uh we've actually launched a couple body care products like a year and a half ago and they're amazing but now yeah. they're not really our core assortment. So they're kind of just our extra upsells. Um, the funny part is one of them has like the best reviews out of every product, but it, it, no. it's kind of a secondary item. Um, yeah. But yeah. With the professionals, it's really an add on of the current assortment we have. Um, and then what we do with them is we actually have back bar, like um, say you're getting a facial or anything you'd have kind of the back bar items. So we actually do that for waxing. So, uh, we have our Vajacial product, which they can use kind of after a Brazilian. Um, and then also the oils they use like immediately after. Um, and we're going to be launching far more products professionally that you, you won't even see in our catalog at, say, our online store or Alta. Um, so very different ingredients. And then with D2C, as well as our professional line, we actually do these limited edition oils. Um, so we just launched one called summer Bake. So it has this aroma. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's like a vanilla aroma. It's really, really nice. So we're doing more like limited edition products that you can only get in the professional channel. Um, we'll do about 5,000 units. They'll sell through in about like three to four weeks and then they're kind of gone forever. Um, but it it makes it for our product team. They can do like a lot of fun stuff. Um, and also it's an item that we know is going to sell through. So we won't waste any items, which is amazing. It's like always gone, perfect amount. Um, so we do a lot of that with the professional folks. Um, and they yeah. they frankly sell it so much because uh, we sell it, the way they describe it is when you get a new client as a waxer, it's really important mm-hmm. you make them happy and satisfied and comfortable because if they have a bad experience and they leave your waxing salon, um, they're probably never coming back. Um, but if you, if you give them an amazing experience the first time, you could wax that person for five, 10 years because they're so loyal to their waxer because of how intimate that relationship is. So we always describe our products as this is your waxing insurance. Um, so like after the wax, you use our oils, it'll help with redness. It'll decrease redness. Our new vegetal it's yes. like so cooling. And I, I actually, we had a trade show. Um, the yeah. And they waxed my chest uh, on stage basically in front of, there was like 50 people and I'd never had my chest waxed ever. And they wanted yeah. to demo our new product, which was the, the mask. So they, I'm like almost in tears. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like put this thing on me and they put the mask on and immediately it was so cold. And I was like, thank God for this thing. Um, so yeah, we, we always say it's like if your client might get irritation, use this and it'll really make a huge difference for, for them and you.
0: No better way than you know the the main person in charge to experience a product, especially like for your first time and then see it in real time that's pretty cool yeah but it it, it is true like it, I think like there's a lot of like i think a lot of education on sometimes uh there is all these things we do daily, like waxing threading, but then we kind of like are kind of u- using the same terminology of like it's so painful it's horrible, and then we forget that there can be products that can help it be less and less like why should i Wax or thread, and always feel it's like a burden, right? Like, why can't you find ways to make it more um, enjoyable or, or at least uh, yeah, exactly. empowering it? And I yeah. think that's what and you we're, guys we're do. seeing that. And yeah,
1: we're seeing with the waxing salons, we're seeing them turn it from like mm-hmm. a to do list item that you're not happy about um, to they're doing some like vegetal services, and you go there and it's actually like a yeah. relaxing thing, um, which is a huge, huge difference
0: hundred percent. And I think that's why the back bar thing is, as I said, like having other products around it, that kind of, um, routine and ritualize it, um, make right. it, yeah. Okay. That part might be a little bit uncomfortable, like a wax or something. Uh, but then you're like, okay, but I'm going to get my, my, um, facial or massage or whatever it is after, uh, just to make it like a, a total, totally. You're like, it's a fun experience, you know? I think that's very, very important. Um, how was like, cause I, I loved you guys. I love you guys, TikTok. And I love like all the content you guys, through influencers how is like that part of the business been for you guys because um yeah like it, it's something that are you finding a lot of people are comfortable showing and sharing uh how has that been progressed
1: yeah i think that's the beauty of bushbomb so like in the early days um, we realized our customer base was very diverse um and if you look at bushbomb we always describe it as approachable so what we want to do is make everything about the brand approachable from like the models we show to like the content we show to the realness we show um And then also up to the pricing that we have. So everything's in that kind of approachable realm. And you'd be surprised. I'm like, I'm always surprised and shocked at how many people say like me too, like that happens and I get ingrown hairs and it's frustrating and I hate it. And like, let's talk about it. Um, So our social, if you go is it's, it's not as what I would say uh, polished as you, you'd look. Um, but in the end, it's a lot of like real experiences people have and Um, They're willing to share. Um, And it's kind of uh, the better version. And we always say this about TikTok and some people have different opinions on TikTok. But for us, a lot of it is your mom at one point might have said, hey, here's how you shave. This is what it's like. Use this, do that. Whereas now it's the same conversation, but with way more voices and way more opportunity. And back in the day, a lot of people didn't know there were other products, there were other techniques, there were other things. So our TikTok and social is all about, hey, here's maybe another way to try something or here's a new product that you could, you could try and see. Um, so yeah, it's all about that storytelling and trying to give people just better advice to what I would say, make them more confident um, in a bikini. Like that's our goal is like confidence in a bikini um, and go to the beach with your friends and don't worry about your bikini line. Worry about like, having a fun, fun day. Like that, that's what we're after.
0: And, and one big thing we know in businesses is, is global like distribution and stuff. So North America, you guys are like, you know, in a lot of major retailers, what are sort of your thoughts on uh, global and like what is your current global like situation?
1: Yeah, so we, we don't do much global yet. We've got uh, our website you can buy internationally. Um, but for, for us, we still see a huge opportunity in product expansion in North America. So we've, uh, we're, we're actually, I'd say in like V1 of Bushbomb, um, and we, we hired a really excellent product developer about 16 months ago. So she's just having products come out. So the next year of Bushbomb is where we're, we're expanding the product line. And we, we think that's going to lead to a lot of growth. Um, and then, yeah, after that, uh, we've got a lot of growth plans internationally. Um, probably in the next two years, we'll, we'll take on like the UK for sure. Um, we actually get a lot of demand from Australia already as well. Um so that, that would be kind of our, our growth. Yeah, there, there's yeah, there's a lot of opportunity international. We're just still a, a small team trying to really, really grow North America.
0: Smart way to do it as well, especially if you just landed a major retailer like Ulta in the last year or two. You know, it's very important to to do that justice and do that properly, to have productivity and not, you know, jump to the next ship without Making that ship super strong, um, and and I think and, and and test and learn as much as we can. I think it is something that um, for for us at Fable, being based in London, it's a bit more like okay, like that's like my doorstep is Europe. So then you know it's a bit more like right. home market. Uh, but it was hard because we launched day one in the US and make everything in the US. So it's like uh, we're doing things a bit differently where we're gone quite global, and I'm I'm feeling the impact. It's not easy. It's just made me have to quickly gear up to make it all work. But in an ideal world, I would have maybe phased it a little bit slower because uh, you do have to then spread your resources even thinner, right? And your focuses, right. um, especially at the leadership level where there's only a few of you and you have to cover all the markets. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a smart decision what you're doing, I think. And, and I'm so excited for the products to come. Um, speaking of that, then like apart from great products and, and what are some of the things on the horizon that you're, you're most excited about that you can share?
1: Yeah, I think, well, right now we're, we're in this phase of like growing the team a lot, which is to me the most exciting thing to like bring more jobs and grow and like skill up everyone. So we're in this phase with Alta where it's super exciting, but we're, we're doubling down on a few key roles. So the next year, I'd say is really exciting, grow the team, get that leadership uh, in place, like you talked about. Um, and then from there, I'm really, really excited for a bunch of different product launches we have later in the year. Um, one that's like we can talk about is we have a limited edition scent around the holiday season, um, which is going to be super, super fun. Um, and then we're in this phase of we're about to bring many more active ingredients into our line. So we started very natural and we're moving into some unique products that are um, a bit stronger, um, which is what our, our customers are act- asking for. And then the other yeah. thing that's like I won't give, give it away, but bushball, we're kind of taking a lot of things that already exist. Um, and using them for the bikini line and using new formats um, so we're we're kind of taking unique approaches to make something that like our, our vagational mask, for instance it's very yes. very similar to an, an under eye but we're making like kind of a new format for it so we've got a yeah. few different things coming out that I think will surprise people um, and then they'll click and be like it's quite practical as well um, so we're, yeah. we've got before the end of the year I think we have Three or four product launches left, um, which is, which is going to be busy um, for the team, which is super fun. And then we also have a few uh, technology products coming out. Um, I've, I always tell people, like, we're a skincare and technology company because we have one trimmer. Yeah. Um, but yeah in, yeah, in the future, we'll probably have two or three more uh, uh, electronic products uh,
0: coming out. Right. Because your reviews on your trimmer are just phenomenal. Like it's like, um, I was reading them before and everyone says it's the best one. Don't need to look for any other further one. I don't have any of the ingrown and the, the, you know, the rashes that come with traditional trimmers. So that's, um, that shows you guys definitely are working in in that kind of space. So clearly you should do more and that's exciting. That's happening. So, um, yeah, yeah. on, on that side, actually, I'm curious to know because trimmers and tech and tools are, not necessarily the prim- primary business, right? So therefore maybe even your MPD person stuff, it's not like their line of work. How does one in a company that want to make kind of like, I call them connected products, like that make sense in the ritual, but they're not the core, core range. How do you excel in that? Because traditionally you would go to like trade shows and just find a few supplies and either like white label it or like, um, you know, or well, something like that. How, how do you what advice would you give to people yeah
1: I, I think the one thing is like um the trade show is obviously meeting the right supplier um so we have someone actually who um lives in china and she visits all the factories and makes the relationships and then we go to cosmoprof in italy every year as well yep. um but yeah like yeah. the electronic products are a lot different um, than the products that we do for skincare like the process is different the testing is different um there's things that are, you don't even really think of with skincare, but for instance, like the, the weight of the trimmer, like if the trimmer is very light and plastic, it doesn't feel quality, right? You, you really want it yeah. to have a bit of weight. So there, there's things like that, getting like consumers to actually feel it and not even use it just mm. to see like their perception. Um, so there's more of that, more of like mold, shape, color, um, and then obviously yeah, like true. effectiveness. And then for us on the tool side, it's. Skincare, there's like ingredients that become trending or products that you know are going to be a staple and it's like part of the routine um, or, or ritual. Um, with tools and technology, a lot of it's like getting ahead of what you think yeah. is going to come. Um, and then for us, the trimmer, how we saw it is it's an awesome product. And on the on the like men side, um, it's very, very popular. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably like 80% of men use a trimmer. Um, on the, wow. on the, on the female side, it's like less than 3%. Um, so it's a wow. very tiny percentage, but how we perceive it is we believe that trimmers are so convenient that the female side, it'll actually grow based on that convenience. Um, and our That's sales insane. for the trimmer have just, they keep growing and growing. Um, and it's yeah. actually, I think it's our third best selling product right now.
0: Uh, and, and this isn't uh, just again to talk about it because I think it's so so interesting for businesses listening in as well. Like, uh, what one thing I found a lot with you know, I have a tea, I have a yoga, I have a few other products, but because it's not core range or our pricings are not as competitive as like a company that focused on it that can you know make a million units and get economies of scale right. and cost of goods. So therefore, I'm a I'm a little bit at that point where when I do those things. I do test orders and then the cost is quite expensive. So to make it viable, let forget retail, cause that's even hard to make it viable, but just indeed to see it's either it has to be cost very like in line with industry standard or a bit lower than that. But then it's like uh, not really interesting for me to promote because of the, there's not really the margins there, or I cost it more above market share, like you know what value should be just to make it meaningful. But then it doesn't sell because it's more expensive than like someone doing it. So how do you figure out pricing in these things, uh, like for you? Like it's, yeah, it's a hard one. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know it's super hard, we, and we're going through that as well. Uh, one thing we, we do is uh, we market only certain items, and you probably do the same, where it's like, your core, you're always doing ads, it makes sense. Um, we actually started to do products that we thought, like what is an everyday essential, and could we, could we source it, and could we, uh, on our website, we do a lot of free gifts. So like one thing we launched was tweezers, and it has like the Bushbomb logo on it. They're very, very pretty and they're, they're great tweezers. Um, so we launched them at low, a low margin for us, but we give them away a lot and we'll sell them on the website. Um, so that's been a, like a really, really good one. And we've actually pushed more units. So like the volumes kind of
0: come. That's cool. Um, so you test yeah, it but we, and then you see you later.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then for us too, is like certain items, we've, we launched two body washes. And we realize like it's not a core item, so we're going to scale back just to one, which has been kind of a frustrating thing to go through and kind of a mistake I would say on our end. Um, but yeah, we 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 basically do if we can do free gifts and we're comfortable giving away five thousand of them to professional estheticians to D 2 C, and then it turns out to be a huge hit, then we'll bring it on as like a full full time item.
0: Yeah, I think I love that. Like also, like you can scale it as the business shows of it in that skew. So like, for example, if you're seeing your candle selling out and you, you went a bit, um, under the price, you can then relaunch it, but then hit the right price and then invest in that skew Um, and vice versa. If it's not selling, um, slash the price a bit and then see you know because then and then then probably don't do it again uh so yeah i think it's it's uh but i do i like the idea of also like sending it to people and gifting it to get even like not the buyer's perception but just industry perception of it because then you know if you've got a skew that's worth exploring even further um right and sometimes it's it's very important so and then uh, yeah and gwp's it's a it's a very good point sometimes i'm like the GWP's we create are so good. I'm like, uh, we should be selling that. But then I'm like, <laughs> uh, they, 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 we didn't plan. You know, it wasn't budgeted to be sold. So then it's a bit different. But um, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting strategy. Uh, very cool. So yeah, that's just a bit of like biz talk into specific topics. I thought that was a very important one yeah. to because you mentioned trim I was like, that's what I thought about that. But um so before we go into fire around and wrap it up, I know you have a business to run, so we won't keep you all day. Um, I have a few last questions. The first is like, um, looking back on the journey, what would you say is some of the best, like, um, I call them like armor building moments. Like when you get stronger, you learn from it. So they're like semi like, oops, but then also like, yes, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's some, since it was a side hustle, we started, it was super small when we started. Um, just picture me in, I, I actually had a bachelor apartment downtown Ottawa, like tiny, yeah. but I'm, I had yeah. a, a, a shelf that had all of our inventory, it was just, just one shelf. It was the inventory and I used to ship every order myself. So I was doing marketing and shipping. Um, so what I would do is I'd go to the post bin and I would throw the boxes in. Um, and actually one weekend I went away for two days, came back and I filled like a full laundry hamper and I put it in the, the bin. And then I had to fill another laundry hamper and I put it in a different bin because that one was full. And then I had to fill a third laundry hamper and like drive across the city to put like it in another bin. And at that point I thought I should probably get like a 3PL or whatever it is. Um, and then probably the worst experience um, was we had bottles and it wasn't a big deal. Maybe like 1% of items would ship and leak with the oil, um, which was super frustrating um, happens but we we ended up we got this new lid and it all arrived and we were doing back orders so we had like thousands about like so many back orders and we were so excited about this new lid that it's not going to leak it's amazing so we held back and then we shipped them all right at once and then i remember the day it was a friday afternoon and i was at my normal full-time job and every single one of those bottles leaked so the new lids were like a hundred percent leaked um and I, i remember that like evening i just like cried Cause I was like, we're, we can't keep going. Like, what do we do here? Um, and obviously we, we figured it out, but I just remember being like, this is so hard and I don't want to do it. And I just don't know why. And like, everything's going wrong. Um, but yeah, I would call it now like a small hiccup and everyone was happy once we sorted it out.
0: Yeah. I you learn. Probably a hell of a lot from that, right? About processes, about quality control, and and maybe better at yeah. that stage. When now you're doing millions of units in the sales, you have to. It's going to be a bigger hit if you didn't have that process. So totally, yeah. yeah. It's it's a. Uh, I mean, lids and pumps. I, I had the same little story for me to share as well, and I think it's it's, it's very similar. It's like a year after we launched in Sephora, our like main next skew. So bearing in mind, this is like the next skew you're launching from your launch skews. Um, was like this Herald mist that we were so excited about. And we had this whole launch plan with Sephora. And then a couple of, like, bearing in mind, this pump my sister wanted was like this actuator, gold, really rare mist. And it's like a bi phase oil water. So, anyway, it's like impossible for it to really work because getting an oil through a mist is just going to leak. Um, so, we had this like pump that was eight months lead time, like, nightmare. But the worst part was we ordered it. And then when the production was about to happen a few months before launch, uh, we found every bottle was like white. And it was like someone internally by mistake, like um, they, the, 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 it's, a, it's the producers, the, the pump factory's fault because they knew we were talking about this gold one this whole time. We did like, that's why the whole communi- communication was. But someone said just to confirm this code. And we were like, yep, we'll have 50,000 of those, whatever it was. And then there was all this white wrong pump that wasn't going to even match. We were like, oh my God, so we can't even use that. And then we are like, we need to make this quick. And they're like, well, you're going to make it in eight months' time. So I was like, so what do I do? So I had to tell Sephora, can we delay this for a year? Because that's the only way I can do it. Manage to somehow do that. All these shelf strips it to change, everything. And then a year later, we make it, and it still leaks. <laughs> so oh, I have oh. to discontinue. It's still, no, still have this issue. This this is like the, the, the that's heroes, that, that Halloween skew that you're like, it haunts you every time. So, yeah, uh, yeah I st- and I'm still figuring it out. I just think there's sometimes there's no solution to some things that like you're never going to get a mist that gets boiled well out. So, yeah, no. long story short. Um, sometimes you try, and you just keep on trying, and you keep on trying, and it still fails, and you're like, okay, I give up.
1: <laughs> and yeah, it's I do it now. Yeah. Every new item or new uh, product in the packaging, I put it in my doff yeah. kit. And for work, obviously, like I yeah. travel a lot. So, my, my yeah. doff kit, I've had it probably four or five times where just like everything yeah. leaks everywhere. And I'm like, what's, yeah. But it's, and then it's I'm like, like oh, we can use this is?
0: component. Yeah. I know exactly. uh, that, that they, need, they need a company where you just send your component with the juice and then they just do everything and then they send it back. To, well, it does exist yeah. right, when you have, I guess you they do do that. So to be fair, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it still leaks. It still leaks. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, we're going to fire around questions now, but um, I have a desert Island situation first. So you're invited to a founder Beauty Retreat. The desert, there'll be there'll be uh, the beach. Um, but you can only bring one product with you. What is your one go to bushband product right now for you?
1: Oh, I would for sure bring our Bermuda scrub. I use it every day. Yeah. I like live for it. It's so oily, which is like amazing for me.
0: Um, and yeah, Yeah.
1: every, every day I have to have it. Otherwise I don't feel good. It's crazy.
0: Oh, it's so good. I love that. I love when you have like a direct answer. A lot of people are like, oh, it's all my babies. I'm like, I know me too, but come (laughs) on, what is that one? You always have to have like, even though it's harsh to say, there's always that one favorite product of yours. So yeah, Yeah. that's cool. Um, so three questions, fire round. We'll start with the first one, which is, um, apart from your brand, of course, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now?
1: Um, well, I, I just said earlier, I'm obsessed right now with your hair mask. I've never used a hair oh. mask before, and it like blew me away. Um, I have very dry hair, oh. so like a, amazing. Um, and I, oh, I really do love Whey. Um, they've got some yeah. nice products for – well, sorry, one product I love that I use every day. Um, and then trying to think, I, I use a Kiehl's, uh, quite a few Kiehl's products, which are – I don't know how I feel yet, but um, I'm just – they kind of stuck with me. Um yeah. Those are the main ones. And then, yeah, otherwise, I'm not a huge beauty beauty user, to be honest. I, uh, I
0: probably yeah. should be. Uh, my, next, my second question is, What, where is your happy place?
1: Uh, the golf course, for sure. Um, I play a lot of golf. Yeah. It's the only place I can just like not think about life. Um, or my, my family cottage, kind of in the woods, middle of nowhere.
0: I just think about Family and that's it. I just had i well, I didn't start. I watched. I finished it, but I watched Full Swing, which is that kind oh, yeah. of like drive to survive. Yeah, it was. Quite, it was really interesting because I loved gr- golf growing up, but I was more of a driving range. And I mean, it's not really golf, but mini golf, I obviously love. But I never really did the like the. God, this is where you're gonna test me. The 18, <laughs> 18 holes. Yeah, 18, eighteen holes. Yeah, God. Yeah, I never. Yeah, clearly I, I never did any of that. <laughs> but I learned I a lot by playing. watching the show.
1: I grew up playing nice. like super competitive golf and then I played uh, division really? one college golf. So like for me, golf had a different world. It was oh, yeah. like very competitive. Like university felt like a job, like it was hard. We were up at yeah. six AM like every day. But I love I still love it. It's like my favorite sport. That's it's amazing. so fun.
0: All right, so, yeah, that's awesome. My last question is if you weren't a beauty, well, maybe I know now hearing the last answer, but yeah, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would David be doing right now?
1: I think I would just be an entrepreneur in general. Yeah. Um, I, I I absolutely love my family business, um, and I, I honestly could see myself there right now, um, helping them grow it. That's it's cool. just like awesome. So yeah, I really just as long as I'm passionate about a product and an industry, I think I could join any company. And I, I just I love business and like what building a team looks like. Like how do you find customers? Like all of that. So. Um, I wouldn't be a professional golfer because that would be a, that would be a grind. I, I would be definitely just kind of someone in a in a company somewhere. Well,
0: David, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I, I huge fan of your brand and now huge fan of you after speaking to you. After, we've been trying to do this for a long time, so I'm really glad it happened. Um, where can everyone can you know follow you and continue to follow the journey of Bushbomb?
1: Yeah, follow obviously Bushbomb on social. You'll see a lot of uh, fun and funny and interesting and informative content, and then. You can follow myself on Instagram as well uh, or or LinkedIn here and there. And then obviously, if you're in Ulta, check us out for sure. Um, And the other thing that would be great help is uh, talk to your waxing professional and see if they've heard of bush bomb. And our goal is we want to be in every waxing salon in the country. So that's kind of a big audacious call, but it'll, it'll be fun. Um, And yeah, check us out at uh, our our website as well if you're you're looking for something quick.
0: I put all the links in the summaries. People can just tap straight away. And David, I'll I'll see you hopefully very soon in person and uh, we'll keep in touch and just wishing you all the best and success in Palm and excited to see what's to come with the next new product development.
1: Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the ACAST app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the ACAST Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners stay tuned for the next episode of of beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops